With City Cruises, everything is better on the water. Better for the romantic in you. The explorer in you. Look at that. Cool. The sunset watcher and food lover in you. From sightseeing to fine dining, brilliant sunsets to lazy afternoons watching the skyline drift by. However you choose to cruise with us, you'll have an experience like no other. From a cruise service like no other, City Cruises by Hornblower. Book today at citycruises.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast where we shoot the shit about every episode of the original show, the two movies, and now the next chapter, and just like that. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Here we go again. Here we go. And just like that, here we are. It is bright (sighs) and early. This morning feels earlier than normal. Oh, for me, it feels later. It's not as bad as two weeks ago when I genuinely thought I was going to die. Oh, yeah. I've taken to just going to bed at like 7 p.m. when Mm. we have to do this. I know. Which just backfires because then I wake up at 4 like, fuck me. Well, I do get a text from you, or I have more so in the past few weeks, of you being like, I'm cuddled in bed. And it's like 5.15 p.m. Yeah. Well, that's just every day. (laughs) Okay. I wake up so early, I like to take to my bed as soon as humanly possible. And I'll be taking to it as soon as we finish. I've been waking up at 5 a.m. like every day for the last couple weeks. And then I fall back asleep because I like force it. And then I wake up at like... Well, something's been keeping me awake. Something is haunting me. Okay. And this is what I was going to tell you. Oh, okay. I've had recently two graphic sex dreams (gasps) about one Karen Culkin. Oh. Now, I want you to know, guys, he is taller in my dreams than I believe him to be in real life. Okay. (laughs) So it's just that puckish little face. What? Can I ask details? No. Okay. They're filthy. Oh, Okay, like, are you in, like, the succession world, or is he in your world? I think we're somewhere in between. It's, like, a more elevated than my life, Uh but not as elevated as succession. And I do believe he is Karen in them. Okay, like, he's not Roman. No, he's not Roman. I'm calling him Karen. I'm really glad. Yeah. More Igby goes down than Roman. Okay, wow. One of our finest actors. That's quite a story. And that's why I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Like, I don't want to see that again. Yeah, maybe you need to, like, go to therapy and talk about that. I mean, of every man on Succession, I mean, I know I've been missing Succession. I did not need it to represent itself in this way. Who would you have thought you would be having sex dreams about? Almost anyone else. I'd take Jerry. I'd take take Robert Roy in a minute. What's the guy's name? Cousin Greg? No. Oh, my God. Fuck me up. I... In real life, oh. on the show, no, but oh, in his real six anyway, five, anyway, possible running around like Lakers games and oh, at his up. bar in New York, yeah. yeah, like he's I, you know, he's just getting it left and right. Apparently, he's a nice guy, according to Demois. And actually, hold on, allow allow me a sidebar. Did you see Demois is dipping its toe into the aural waters? Into the who? The with a podcast. Oh, they're getting a but podcast. Then, Yes, Dumois. But then, so they were like, hey, babies, or whatever they call their, like, followers, like, Dumois, or whatever the fuck it is, that stupid goddamn account that I can't stop following. Okay. 
it like was like click on the link to listen to the podcast. We're so excited to share gossipy details. This fucking account really considers itself like a modern real life gossip girl. Sam, I clicked on it. Uh-huh. They're like using like a voice like device, like no. the fucking scream killer. Like, hey, this is <laughs> what? For the whole episode or was that just the teaser? It was only a teaser, but I think that because the whole point is is that whoever is running it is anonymous. Yeah, but they've done podcasts before. Oh, where you heard their voice? Yeah, I believe. Are you sure? I can't. You're not sure. You know, I wouldn't put, you know, my life on it, but I'm pretty sure that this person is. I just that cannot believe podcast. someone would start a podcast without using their real voice. And I'm sure everyone at home is screaming like, we wish you two would put some, like a filter over. I'm shocked it took them this long. Yeah. You know, so we've got that to contend do with. Maybe we could be guests. Me. Why? What'd you do? I didn't do anything. So Bravo Historian has a Facebook group that I like don't manage. Wow. Haven't been invited. I, I oh, like, wait, am I in it? I don't know. I'm like, I'm never really, I never really partake in it. So I have two girls that like basically like manage it for me. And this was like years ago. So this is like when it, when I first started Bravo Historian, when I first got the Facebook account and there were people in the group and like, I don't check Facebook ever I guess there were people like this is when Jamal like first came about and they were like, what if we sent in like bullshit stories to Uh Jamal to see if they post them? But literally everything on Dumois is bullshit. How would? <laughs> but Dumois thought I like had something to do with that. They oh, thought like, like you would I... send your little minions. Yes, and I'm like I don't go on Facebook like that. Like that's not for me. I'm, this isn't 2015. I love that Dumois is trying to pretend they have journalistic integrity. Well, like, don't the, you so dare like, send. So then I would try to follow Dumois, and they would deny me. So yeah. I finally messaged, and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> I, I think you're." Set because this happened i was like i had nothing to do with that it was in my facebook group but like i don't check it every day like i wasn't aware and they let you in yeah now we're fine well maybe you'll be on the podcast with um, i the don't think killer. so i'm not i mean it's just it is just hilarious to me to start a podcast with like a voice app over your yeah what do you have going on in life me yeah um nothing honestly no sex dreams about karen colgan i don't i don't dream uh because i don't sleep so i sleep like two hours at night and he's like attacking he's like ready yeah i don't i don't really dream all right yeah nothing exciting yeah sorry so to take it to sex in the city i know we've been saying for the last few weeks that we want more cameos but i sat myself down and thought about who i really need to see yeah. In these last two episodes. Yeah, you took pen to paper. And I will be firing this off to Michael Patrick King, even though they've already filmed and edited these episodes. So right. nothing can be done. Maybe for season two, which I believe is happening. Uh-huh. Who do you think I've got on the list? I know you want Skipper a cameo. Not on it. What? Not on it. Okay. Petrovsky? Not on it. Oh, do I know you? I feel like <laughs> I'm like... I feel like because I came. I feel in like so the fans confident. of this podcast have just beat me down in, t- in terms of telling me not to like him. <laughs> well, they should buckle up because because yeah, I'm coming in hot when we get to season six. <laughs> With that banana? Are you kidding? Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. Who do you have on the list? First and foremost, I have Bill Kelly, John Slattery. Oh yeah, people gotta like... be there. I need to see him. Okay, maybe Bill... he's mayor. Bill P on me, Kelly. She's got a lot of money now. She could be donating to his political affairs. Certainly better than to see um, old you-know-who 
not getting into it because of all the messages I've gotten about my hate about you-know-who, Peter. Oh, you've gotten some messages. Well, people have come for me. My mother (laughs) texted me and she goes, wow. Chris really hates Peter. <laughs> People have come for me like 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 Peter's their own dad. I'm like, guys, he's a fictional character. Yeah, but you also came for Peter like he was Hitler. Yeah. But I'm like, it's like you all don't need to defend him in this way. You've yeah, also only seen him for about 10 minutes. But he made an impression on us. He made our girl laugh. He made our, Disco- our CB giggle. He made her smile. We can't actually get. In fact, one of the great pleasures of this episode is that he did not appear. So I'm he not wasn't even mentioned, to, to be yeah, completely honest. I, and when he reared his ugly head in the promo for next week, I was disgusted. Oh, but back to my list. Okay, back to your list. So we got Bill Piani Kelly. I gotta see Oliver Spencer. Do you remember Ollie? He's the gay guy she was like palling around with <gasps> when he wanted to stay home and eat chicken. Yes, and she was. He's played by Murray Bartlett, who's now had a resurgence thanks to looking in the White Lotus. Okay, love really that. love to see them like him bouncing and maybe go on a date with Anthony. Oh, that'd be fun. I just love to see him. I, yeah. I always appreciate Murray Bartlett, who I think is not only gorgeous but a great actor. So let's get him back on. Now this next one is a shock. It oh, is boy. Betsy Hobbs. Do you remember her? The sister of Miranda Hobbs. Yes, who we see for literally one second. Uh-huh, and she's pissy. She is played, however, by the great actress Becky Ann Baker, who was Hannah's mom on Girls. Girls. And I just love that actor and that performer on Girls. Basically, I just want Hannah's mom to be Betsy Hobbs. Yeah. And I think Miranda could, like, go back to Philly for an episode next season. We just get to what's going in their relationship. Maybe we found out Miranda's mom was also a lesbian, a la like Jay-Z's mom. And we just, you know, see what's what. Jay-Z's mom is a lesbian? Mm-hmm. She came out later in life also. Wow. I had yeah. no clue. Mrs. Z. Next, we gotta see this woman. And I'm disgusted we haven't so far because she's a perfect cameo for this shit we're watching. <laughs> Where the fuck is Enid Frick? I need to see Candy Bergen. Oh, have you I seen would her bags? Love, uh, yeah. Was she just the like printing bags? dogs? <laughs> yeah, I love her. <laughs> love she would be. Andy she Bergen. would be really great. To and just, I like, feel like as Carrie re-enters the literary world, it'd be nice to see Enid. And by the way, speaking of Vogue, we should, oh, you know, give our condolences and shout out always to Andre Leontale, I, who we lost this week. I got a little emotional about it yesterday. <laughs> I just. Like, it just is so sad, and it was, like, so... And I just don't know what's going on right now. I feel like so many people are dying. And also, he had just come to you. I know. So for you, this is a really immediate loss. You thought you had years. Oh, I thought I had... I thought, you know, I was, like, texting you. I was like, why doesn't he take Anna Winter's job? Like, why is this happening? Like, why... Like, I've known of him, but I've really touched down on him, like, hard within the past, like, two weeks. And for this to happen, it's so sad. Oh, I was like, when I woke up at like 5 a.m. and you had texted me quite early as well. Yeah, I think I saw it like where my head was already right. I'd probably (laughs) woken up from a dream about Kieran Culkin spitting in my mouth and was like, (laughs) Oh "Ah!" my God, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, it was so sad. And then I looked down at my phone and Andre Leontali was dead. So it was a jarring night. Very, really, really devastating. Very heartbreaking because he was such a big personality and like and just a, a dream person. and a doll and, and all the kind of memories and people sharing stories of him have been so moving. Well, and like his personality reminds me so much of yours. I mean, that's the highest compliment anyone can you know give outside of when friends. You know, people were DMing me about it. 
Outside of when people tell me I remind them of Christina Yang, it's like the nicest thing people could ever say. Yeah. Like when I was watching his documentary, I was like, Chris, is that you? Are you dubbing his voice? I wish. If only. what I give? Oh, God. Yeah. And then, of course, the last person we need right. to see, and this is going to come as a surprise to no one, played by one Carol Davis. And I was shocked to hear her name is so basic. Amelita Amalfi. Her name is Carol Davis in real life? Yeah, I was like, that woman's name is Carol Davis? That woman's name is Carol Davis? I was like, that's... What an actress. Wow. Here's my thing. You don't want to say Amelita? I don't no, know I what do. world I'm she just, fits in. I'm frustrated that in the first two episodes, we just got these fun cameos. And I thought that that was going to be coming for us the whole season. And, like, it hasn't happened since. And for them to have, like, gone to the, like, emptied out the purse just on a bed and landed on Susan Sharon as the person we needed. Random. That's why it almost felt like, well, we must be getting one of these an episode because this would not be the one That's they what would I choose. Thought. Did she just wander on set and was like, they were like, I, oh, wait, didn't she play Susan Sharon? We, okay, we should just write throw her, her something. in front of the camera. <laughs> Start yeah. yelling. Did she come through central casting? Yeah, it was weird. It was it's disappointing. Yeah. So those are the five people I'd like to see. If any of the listeners at home want to see people, please let me know. I just really feel like if we're going to come back for season two, I need to touch down on some of our original people. I Yeah, I would like that. All right. Should we get into the episode? Oh, uh, yeah. What'd you think of this one? This episode as a whole? Mm-hmm. Overall, before we touch down on the specifics, because I got a tough DM from a fan already. And by the way, guys, don't spoil this. I hated this yeah. episode. Someone like, messaged me and basically said this is the worst episode in the history of Sex in the City. I was like. Guys, I loved what? it. Oh, my. A fucking <laughs> course you did. I cannot stand you, Chris. Like, are you kidding me? I was are you fun. okay? This is the exact opposite of last week where you were like, I love this episode. It was like, I was not. I was. You said you were giggling and laughing last episode. I was like, I was bored. Chris, the writing was atrocious. I was the, laughing. Whoever was directing. Horrible. Loved it. Waste of my goddamn time. Waste of an episode for this series. I, I hate it. Let's I get into it. it. I'm furious. I'm really upset. I really enjoyed it. I was having a ball. What? <laughs> really? What? What do you mean? I don't know. I was there laughing. was bright spots in a very, very dark room. I was like, I thought the lights were as bright as that CGI apartment. The only thing that I liked was the the Harry and Charlotte thing. That was it. Loved it. Loved that. Should Everything we start with else? Miranda and Che? Yeah, we got to talk about Steve, Chris, because things are okay. random. No, it no, was... no, boop, 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 hold it. We're gonna sorry, get there. I can't. I've, you've lit a fire in me. The only thing that I hated was how the episode started. Because I thought, here we go again. If this goddamn show doesn't keep giving fodder to people for hating Jay. No, I know. When I saw them on that stage again, I was like, oh, here we go. People are going to be so fucking mad. No, I was like, I was, as I was watching it, I was in my head playing all of the tweets that are going to be just swarming. (laughs) When they did that little joke about you're making me wet and then did like a boop, boop. I was like, oh, oh, I know. I was like, Jay. I was like, no. I was like, don't you know? People don't like you. Stop being the person they hate. 
I know. It was bad. When they were like, boop, boop, boop. I was like, oh, my I'm fucking all, God. But I'm so protective of Che. <laughs> now I am, for sure. Like, deeply. Deeply, deeply. So we open at an equality rally for the queer community. Miranda is watching, basically coming again like she's in the kitchen again. Oh, really just loving seeing Che. Coming in her pants. No, what I loved was the butch lesbian next to Che. That called her darling? <laughs> next to Miranda, sorry. That called her darling? Yes. She I was, was like, like Are you absolutely right, at every queer rally I've ever been to, that woman's there. Just ready to go, probably as a probably snacks in her bag just big like energy in terms of like taking care of everybody wants to make sure would have like walked miranda home if needed yeah just a nice nice woman now che's whole speech is about not hiding and being your authentic self now this was a bit too on the nose for me with oh miranda you mean when miranda was Brady. running away and literally and truly, hiding. like hiding like bah- she looked like that meme you're seeing now with people <laughs> when it's like um you haven't gotten COVID. And it's like the Super Mario thing. Like, do, 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 Yeah. She kept bombing her head up. Now, my first note of this episode is I will not be hoodwinked into thinking Brady is a decent person. I don't think Brady would be at an LGBTQIA plus rally. You don't think? No, he would be at home. Fucking Louisa leaving his condoms left and right. Ride me cowboy. Yeah. But maybe he's like, all right, I'll go for Louisa, because then I know that, like, I'll yeah, maybe he's later. drained out. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> I hated that. Oh, God. So I really deeply appreciated the scene between Che and Miranda in the park. I mean, it's complicated. No, I'm sure it is. For you. But it's not for me. Because I can't let it be. I'm very clear who I am. I don't sneak around. I don't cheat. And I don't lie. I'm a lot of things. But I'm not a homewrecker. My home's wrecked already. Thank you for the coffee. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I can't do this with you no matter how much I want to. Wait. No. No. That's it? Yeah, it is. Until you figure out your life. I really loved it because as a Grey's Anatomy head, it was giving me such Grey's feels. Callie. It was that was Callie Torres talking to Arizona. I was no, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like as they were talking, yes, I was like the uh, the watery eye Sarah Ramirez was giving. I was like, this is a woman who has been in Shondaland for a minute. She knows Mm -hmm. how to serve dramatics. Oh yeah, I was living for it. What did you think of their conversation in general, and the idea that Che can't be a part of something that's not honest and true? Uh... I totally get it. I feel like, yes, 100%. You know, I back them. Uh, Miranda just like, she's coming off as frantic as ever. And she's coming like it's I just... know, but this is the Miranda that when we were watching the season one and two, you said you loved. You like when she's frantic and eating chicken and being nuts. I know, but this feels weirder. Like this, like well, yeah. I mean, she's up to some out there stuff. Yeah, like it just—I don't know. Maybe it was the wedged, you know, heels and her mm. hobbling away. It just like oh, yeah, she didn't get out of there fast. She enough. didn't. She looked like she had a limp. Um, I just it, it. There's something so off to me about. Oh God, this episode was really tough <laughs> for me. I, oh, and you know, Chris, like you know that I have been like 
on the you front like lines this show more than I do of loving the show. And so this was an episode for me where I was like, maybe I'm starting to see what everyone else has been seeing. This is welcome time. to me last week. This was a real return to form, in my opinion. Oh, it was so bad. It was what so bad. What I appreciated bad. about the scene with Che and Miranda also was that Che is so liberal and so progressive that she just, that, I'm sorry, they just assumed that Miranda was in an open marriage, yeah. which is quite an assumption. That's a very big assumption, actually. And I was like. But I don't think it is for Che. Well, I also have to say something. They've only been seeing each other for three weeks. It has been three weeks since we saw them having sex at the end of the last episode. But it was three months before that that they fingered that they fingered Miranda in the kitchen. I understand. But they've only been seeing each other for three weeks. They are acting, both of them, like they are in some long six month long affair. Well, I'm not sure Che is. I think Miranda's no, on one. Because they were like, we see each other all the time and then you go home to your husband. Yeah, they hang out. You you would die for a man to hang out with you every day for Are three you weeks. kidding? Of course. If I liked yeah. him. You, that's, so that's you're the basically catch. hating behavior that you have. You know what? <laughs> it, yes. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. But I don't think I would ever assume someone was in an open marriage. No, that's quite an assumption. But I just thought it was a beautiful scene. I thought Sarah did amazing work. It was giving me full Grey's Anatomy feels. And it just really brought me back from the brink. Because when I saw Che on the stage, I was like, oh, boy, I'm I'm worried. But then I just worried, too, that they're going to overheat. They're always in a hoodie. And it looks toasty outside. It seemed to be a warm day. Yeah. But I thought it was nice to see the dichotomy between who Che is as a public person and who they are as themselves, right? Yeah. Like it was, we talked about this previously about how I don't think the show gives enough credit that Carrie should be a celebrity by this point. Right. But at least in what the world we're seeing currently, Che definitely is. So the difference between the way they spoke to Miranda versus their persona on stage and also their interactions with fans. And I just love that duality of ending this relationship with miranda walking away and it's like gotta take a selfie yeah yeah i liked that so that then spurs miranda on she's gonna tell steve and she informs the women the girls i think you get the sense that's the only time they see each other because i guess steve is still slinging drinks so he gets home fairly late does he he seems i don't know it made it seem like that's when they see each other right because even in steve i think that's like their quality time together Yeah. yeah And she's busy with school and Che. She's <laughs> so, not busy with school. No, but I think she's got her footing now, Miranda. I did appreciate that Charlotte is super supportive, which I thought was out of character. But I was like, great. Okay. Charlotte was Charlotte had her head on something else. Like she was her mind was elsewhere. I don't know. I also think she's just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> Do yeah, whatever you she's want. She's like, I don't and give a I, fuck. I, I and your marriage. Sense- I also kind of get the sense that Charlotte isn't as connected to Steve. Like, she doesn't seem that concerned with Steve's feelings, whereas Carrie is always asking about Steve. So you really get the sense that there was a world in which they maybe Carrie big Steve Miranda would hang out. Carrie big Charlotte Harry. But the six of but like the six of them, it was like, well, we're not doing that. Yeah, I agree. Charlotte's like, yeah, whatever. If you're happy, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, just do what you want. Do whatever you want. Um, I really enjoyed 
this movement of Carrie as the wise friend. It's like she's no longer getting counsel, she's giving it. And we saw a bit of a shift to that in the first movie when they're walking in the park and she says to her, well, you can argue any point, but how do you feel, Miranda? Yeah. And that's what helps Miranda decide to feel about Steve rather than overthink what he did. Mm -hmm. And so we're really now seeing Carrie is like dropping in and giving Miranda really sound good advice, I think, which is nice. Well, I also think like, Carrie really cares about Steve as obviously not as not not as much as obviously she cares about Miranda. But I think that there's like a level of like respect and like she probably feels sad for him. And it just really bummed me out. The whole brownie thing. We're going to buy the fucking brownie. I'll spring for the brownies. So. Are you going to tell him about Jay? I don't think so. I mean, even if Jay hadn't come along, I think I'd probably have gotten to this place. And what place is that? Where I'd rather be alone. Are you sure? Because um, alone in theory is very different than alone in reality. I want Jay. And this is something that I have to do. Or there's no Jay. So, do you know how much Jay wants you? I thought that, I I don't know. I really liked that scene of just making, and I also thought it was a very good point on Carrie's part to say, you need to make sure that Che wants to be with you. Uh, Like, Like you're about to blow up your marriage. I know Che and they fuck. Yeah. (laughs) They're fingering people, kitchens, bathrooms, hallways, foyers. During podcasts, like, uh, like they're they figuring me. people left and right. So I'm just. So then Miranda I liked, rolls up. <laughs> a psycho. To Che, to the podcast as Che is heading out to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Now, did you think that the styling on Miranda here was a bit. um Insane. Dress up as a lesbian. Yeah. I was like, well, what's happening? It was not my favorite. I did love, like, the brown tie pants that she was wearing. Did you think they went well with that ombre, chambray? No, no, no. No, when she was, shirt? no, when her and Carrie were getting the brownie. She oh, was in, yes. like, a no, black they both sweater. great there. And yeah. I liked that they were in, like, a food hall. Yeah, I did, too. Although it was giving me kind of Miranda is like Steve because she's like, where was that soup shop we liked? <laughs> no, I thought the same thing. I was like, is Miranda? I was like, both of them are fucking losing it. Yeah, Carrie's like, it's literally right there. We just walked past it. Yeah, she's like, please relax. What did you think of the the conversation between Che and Miranda? Insane. Che telling Miranda that she that they love her. Miranda manic, like, oh my god, I love you. Like, high on life, thinking they're gonna ride into the sunset. Also, I need to understand something. When Che says, "I don't do traditional relationships," I can't see Miranda wanting Che to fuck anybody else. Yes, and hold on, I want to get back to that point because that's something to talk about. But I just want to put a big disclaimer out there that Sam and I will make mistakes with Che's pronouns and we apologize, we recognize that they are they. Yeah. And it just happens on occasion. And I just, rather than not address it because I've at least done it now twice, I think we should just put it out there. We always try to correct ourselves. And we honor what they want to be called, obviously, and respect their choice of identity and who they are. But accidents will happen. Back to what you were saying. 
I think Miranda's not listening. Miranda just heard I love you and then blacked out. Like she didn't hear anything else. Because if someone was like, I don't do traditional relationships, I would be like, goodbye. I don't do open relationships. I think that's a generational. But I think what she's hearing there is a generational difference. When she hears not traditional, Miranda might be thinking, oh, we're not going to get married. Oh, she may not be not even because just there is a there is. But I mean, I haven't looked up Sada Ramirez's age in a while, but at least in the way they are depicted, it does seem that Che is a little younger than Miranda. Yeah, like 30s. And certainly more progressive and open and aware of the world. Yeah. So I think that that was just genuinely a word that they would both have different meanings Definitions, for. right. So I think Miranda was like, yeah, sure. I don't want to get married and live with you and have a kid. I've done that. Yeah. We can just be, we can date like I did when I was in my 30s. What Che means is, is I want to basically, I don't have any interest in monogamy. Right. That's what we are to assume. Yeah. I don't think she has her blinders up. I think it was a genuine miscommunication. Oh. That was based off of just generationally. Like when I would talk about with an older, some of the older folks in my life. Oh yeah. I don't want traditional things. They're like, oh, Chris doesn't want to get married. I'm like, well, it could, that could mean a lot of different things. Right. Huh. Interesting. Good point. Good point, Chris. So let's get into it. The scene of the scene, the hallmark of this episode. Miranda sits Steve-O down. Whose hearing aid was on the floor. <laughs> hearing aid was like on a in a couch. It was, which he was like, I think it's in between the couch cushions, Miranda. Shall we? Let's talk about it. Let's fucking talk about it. I let's don't even know where to it. begin. I think we're going to. I don't even know where to begin. I want to start at his accent because it was. I want to start before we even get into critiques. I want to start by saying I think David Eigenberg is great in this scene. What? You and me, we've been together for a long time and it's always like this. You don't think that I'm enough, that I'm kind of enough, and then I'm not enough again. And I'm always there, you know. Hanging in there for us. And finally, in the last couple of years, we come to a place where it's not so goddamn fucking up and down every day. Where it's kind of the same. We get up and we go through our shit and we come back here, home, to each other. We sit on the couch. We talk about Brady. Eat ice cream and watch some TV. That's married life, Miranda. It's life. I think it starts a little iffy. <laughs> the accent work is wild. However, <laughs> thank you. When it transitions into him really understanding what she's trying to tell him, yeah, and the writing gets better. Like when the scene started, I genuinely was like, "Oh, I think I've identified what is the problem with Steve in this show." He is playing a light comedy, and he happens to be paired with a scene partner who's giving a dropped-in, real performance. So it feels he feels like he's in this different thing yeah. than the work that Cynthia Nixon's doing. He thinks However, he's in Sex in the City, and Cynthia yes, Nixon thinks she's in, in like just like that. She, yeah, she's like nobody. We're thirty years older, and we're giving lived-in realness, not like like there's no clown music behind this and Carrie monologue. No. 
I will say that there is a moment when he shifts and he starts talking about what their relationship has been and the cycles it goes through that to me felt entirely real. Some of the best, probably the best work we've ever seen David Eigenberg do on the show. However, that's not, you know, he hasn't been tasked doing a ton. Right. I thought he was great at that moment when it shifts. The beginning was kind of like, wow, we're really still doing this. Like, Steve is bumbling thing. The accent, I don't have fucking words. But I think I it also think got better once how... he dropped in. I don't think David Eigenberg. Well, he. we should also say he is deaf and people have also come for me about that. Is he? He is experiencing severe hearing loss. And he informed them of that at the beginning of the shoot. And that is why this all is yeah, in the show Yeah, but I don't think his accent, I think... This is him being Steve. I just really thought that he was giving a really honest, beautiful performance. Once he starts talking about, you think I'm not enough, then I'm enough, then I'm not again. And we have finally gotten to this point where we can just do this. Yeah. And I in felt some ways, him. that's what Steve has been saying to Miranda since he met the bitch. Like, mm-hmm. hey, well, chill like, out. think about the relationship and think about all the times that, like, remember, like, the, well, when, when they he got, cheated. Okay, well, now you can't say that because Miranda's out here running amok. <laughs> She's she not running amok. She's cheating all the time. With perhaps the love of her life. Stop. We Jane. don't know yet. We <laughs> could look back at this. We forgave Carrie. In fact, I didn't even, I actually never blamed her. There was nothing for me to forgive her for. All I'm saying is like, I just felt so bad for him in that moment because like something about that like struck home to me. Like when he was like, we're so, we were so up and down and you never knew and then you knew and then you never knew and then now we're just really good. And now we're finally settled and we talk about Brady. And this was good. And we talk about Brady. Yeah. This is what I want my life to be. And I just thought it was really beautiful in the sense that they should divorce because they are in genuinely different places. Truly remove Che from the situation. And these are two people who should not be together because they don't want the same thing. And I think that it's important that we actually get Steve to say that before Miranda mentions Che. Because as as Steve shares, oh, no, I'm not actually looking for more. I'm good. Yeah. And I like that it gave you got to see his side a little bit more because it's like he's happy with how things are like he's I don't fine. know how he could be. But <laughs> but that's I mean, but that's but not nice. for, like I. But by the way, I, I guess mean, I actually would prefer to just also, eat snacks with people on couches and never have sex. That's fine by honestly, me. Honestly, that's no different than my life right now. And I'm perfectly fine. Well, you're also single. So but Thank you. by the way, same. But it's just like. <laughs> It, it It is weird to have resigned yourself to having a partner, but never having sex with them. Well, yeah, but that's what Steve was like. I He never wants to push her to, like, hold. Remember? Because, like, she tried to hold his hand and he was like, we don't hold hands. If that's not up to Steve. Steve wants to hold Miranda's hand, but I bet I you at know. one point. I don't think he does I bet anymore. You, because he was basically trained by Miranda to not be- want. Wh- wh- why are you assuming Steve wants to hold hands all the time? Because Steve is an affectionate person. He Steve was. Yes. Steve is like a, he's dead inside. Now, Miranda's maybe not. Miranda killed him. Have you ever thought no. of that? No, I'm not putting that on Mrs. Hobbs. Sorry. Steve is dead inside probably because his mom died. Magda died. Okay, I his saw this tweet. His son's a fucking wreck. 
I saw this tweet and it really hit me. I think I sent it to you. Maybe I didn't. Where it was, Miranda is Steve's Mr. Big. I disagree. What? Because I don't think that Miranda You don't think Miranda has run Steve Ragged through the years? Breaking up with him in the middle of the night over a dog? He broke up with her first. He showed up 10 minutes before her party and was like, sorry, I returned the suit. I fucking hate you because you're successful and I got to go, bitch. Is that bitch. what he said? Is that what he yes. said? Okay. Remember he I was hanging out in that, that doorway? I must have missed that part where he, he said, you're, you know, I fucking hate you. I forgot. He's, sorry. I'm just saying, I think that they have, I think that the first breakup is on him okay. and his insecurities. The okay, but second, Carrie broke up with Big. Okay, continue. Okay, yes, but let's be honest. We also, I don't think that, as we've discussed, and we are not getting into this, but I don't think that Big is the, I don't think that the when the show originally aired, it Uh definitely could be spoken that the conversation was constantly, Big is a trash man, and Carrie should not be with him. Having, through the period where we rewatched it, I don't think, up until where we are, now when we get back, the next episode of season two, that's where Big starts running her ragged. Well, we saw in season one, he's just like, yeah, I don't love you yet. And I didn't want you to meet my mom. Chill out. We both kind of agreed with him at that You're, moment. We, we, I know. But I'm saying the way Miranda has like done the up and down thing with Steve. I think as that is Steve, Steve rewriting said, history. Okay. Well, that's I think it can. I think it can be his is reality. Truth. Not you, because you also don't to... think sometimes Big ran Carrie Ragged. Sometimes you you don't think he did, and he did. He was up and down with this woman for thirty years. <laughs> he didn't. He always, left money to saying. Natasha in the will. Like this man is not well. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> it was I'm just saying. Demon. No, the the breakup that you're referring to, though, when you were trying to defend Steve, was the breakup between Carrie and Big in the first season. And I would argue that actually Big was not doing anything wrong. Carrie was just needed something from him that he didn't want to give her yet. And he said, hey, not yet. I don't love you yet. Chill out. I just Get don't think Miranda was and nice to Steve sometimes. Let's go with Steve your hat sometimes. box, bitch. Let's go. I just don't think Miranda was nice to Steve sometimes. And I would argue that Steve was equally, through, although not from a place of wanting to intentionally hurt her, his insecurities and inability to get out of his own way caused her strife. He's not perfect either. And I feel like everyone is like, oh, Steve, my man, justice for Steve. I'm like, who, the, who gives a shit? Like, first of all, the fucking cut is writing articles like, oh, my God. I'm like, Audrey, what the what is going on, guys? This is who cares about this man? A lot of people do. I know. But I'm like, chill the fuck out. Miranda's Dude, our girl. I think people are protective because. We should all be Mirandas. We, we wrote that book. We read it. We liked the memes. And now we're all like, no, but I oh think my God, how could she a... treat Steve like this? She's Mr. Big. Calm down. I think there's a part of a lot of us is that, yes, you know, we did like the memes of like, we should all be Mirandas. And there's a lot of that that I still think is true. But I think that there was something really nice to see a man literally just accept her and her craziness. But he didn't. I think you guys are forgetting he his behavior. Did. None of them are perfect, Chris. 
They're no. all fucking crazy. No, but I uh, think Charlotte that, wanted I to think, wax Harry's back and thought he was ugly. Like, they're all fucked up. I think that everyone's... Up. But I think that when people are writing all these Justice for Steve articles, they're remembering <laughs> him in some way that he wasn't. In the same way that Maybe. everyone's like, oh my God, we love the original show. This show's so cringy it's like okay first of all your memory then of the first show isn't accurate because the first show was cringy cringy as hell (laughs) so fucking annoying so everyone's cultural by the everyone has a memory of about two seconds and if you haven't rewatched the show recently shut the fuck up nobody needs justice for steve he is a cis straight white man in both real life and on this show and who gives a fuck he can't even find his goddamn hearing aid but i did think david eigenberg was very good in this scene and i appreciated the writing (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you got I thought there. It was a be- I thought it was genuinely probably a beautifully written scene between the two of them. Once it got to the point where it, he it found took too long made. to get to that point, it just it was like it just it wasn't what I wanted. But and I think we are meant to see Miranda as acting impulsively. Yeah, I don't know. I and liked it. Kind of like blowing, you know, up her life. Yeah, so then she gets in a cab and is going to Cleveland. She calls Carrie and is like, I'm in a fucking rom-com, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and Carrie's like, okay, I have to go. And just, <laughs> She's like, I'm done with you. Like, this is fucking crazy. She's like, I my husband's I love this dead. role reversal between Carrie and Miranda. <laughs> if she had said, Carrie should have said literally to her, guys, guys, you know what she should have said? You're living in a fantasy. Yeah. 20 times over like that YouTube video just on loop because uh-huh. Miranda is on one. I, I give I've never her, seen her like this. I give her the ability to leave her marriage to yeah. chase what she wants. Yeah. But to truly get right in a cab after you've blown up your life. Did she even tell her son? Yeah. Or she... Where's Brady? Probably fucking Louisa. She probably left him a note. They were probably both probably slipped one in his condom and said that's definitely where he'll find it. So yeah. let's go. <laughs> Um, I did think it was just a little funny to have her say, I feel like my life is a rom-com when Miranda has had the most rom-com moments. I mean, her and Steve kissed in the rain. They ran to each other across a fucking bridge. Yeah. It's like, sweetie, you've been in a rom-com. Yeah. You, we played you in a love triangle. Sex and City literally is a rom-com. Well, not anymore. Oh, no, not anymore. We've and just taken... like that is not a rom-com. I w- how would you describe it? A romance series like Summer House. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Hulu is out of control for any Summer House fans out there. I am actually not one, but I did watch the premiere when I couldn't sleep. And Hulu describes that shit show as a romance series like it's Bridgerton. Instead, it's like 17 nothings in a shitty house. Oh, I loved it. But I I don't know how I would describe it just like that. I think just a dramedy, but it's definitely not a rom-com. Yeah, I agree. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, 
and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Sentry, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Sentry.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Should we get into Shar Shar? The bright spot of the whole show. I thought the whole thing was bright. I'm having a great time. You are I'm like, really uh, on. I'm alive. <laughs> like Celine Dion. Yeah, you are feeling it. I am over here like, did we watch the same show? I love this Charlotte storyline. I love Loved. the fact I love that, that, she, that we saw Harry's dick. I did not see Harry's dick. What? <laughs> Is it in there? Yes! I didn't see it. I'm going to go oh, back Oh, yeah. Look. It might I mean, be prosthetic. I mean, we saw a dick later, which we'll get to. So we it saw It might two be a dicks. prosthetic. Yes. There was dicks. We score. saw two dicks? Yes. I don't think the dick we saw later was prosthetic. Oh, I no. think this one was probably prosthetic because that actor, whatever, Evan Handler, I don't think at the age of 60-ish, you're like, now it's time for me to drop trial. I mean, they might have been throwing a lot of money at him because he wasn't going to sign on. Yeah, but really, I'm, not giving full, this track, I'm not giving full frontal at that point in my career. It, it, I I'm mean, you didn't even see it. So it's not like it was like really out there. It but was how like did a, you see it? Is it there to be seen? Yes. And did it seem to be attached to him or did it look fake like that dick from that Netflix show we watched? Oh, Sex Life. Worst, literally the worst show in the history of television. I watched all of it, all but of it was it. complete I trash. I couldn't stop. <sighs> So one bad. of those shows where one of those awful shows I hate where just the minute the man slides in, just everybody's coming. It's like, this is not how sex works. It's how they worked. And I love that they're dating in real life. Anyways. Yeah. So we saw Harry's dick. Charlotte is trying to get him to wear this ring. For I thought it was interesting health. that they didn't mention big. And I wondered if they cut that because she says, like, it's about his heart, right? Oh. And they give excuse reasons why he'd want to wear it. And it's like, you're eating Hershey Kisses or the baked brie. It's like, no, can't you just say your best friend's husband died of a heart attack? I think that's It just pretty... seemed like a weird thing to not bring up. Yeah. And also, do does baked brie and Hershey Kisses give you heart attacks? If so, Well, I don't eat Hershey Kisses, but I will eat baked brie any day. And now I'm probably going to have baked brie for dinner. But isn't brie cheese? Do you not know what Brie is? Did it's you think cheese. I meant baked Brie Vandekamp from Desperate Housewives? Oh, I loved. No, Brie is cheese, correct? Y- yes. Okay, so you're telling me you don't think baked Brie, baked cheese gives you I heart think attacks? Eating, I don't think eating one thing of baked Brie is When you're 60, she's concerned. He, he's not that old. He can have a little baked Brie. Like, I think he can, but Charlotte's he, concerned her he should best be friend's eating husband just died. Every night. Now, what he shouldn't be doing is eating steaks and smoking cigars, as we know, as Peloton told us. I still that can't get still over the fact ice. that they did that. <laughs> just so you know, a Big had a release. history of heart his, of heart problems. That was so fucking funny. I I couldn't even believe like what world we were living in. I was like, wow. I loved seeing Charlotte just get down there get at him because what it just we're so still at the part of the original show when charlotte is buttoned up and in fact we covered an episode where she's like i don't do that yeah and i can't wait by by the time harry meets charlotte i think she's so much more connected to her sexuality because of everything she went through with trey Mm -hmm. and not being able to like have good sex that she's like i gotta have it Mm -hmm. i mean i would not get on my knees on a hard tile now at the age of 33 let alone 
at whatever age Charlotte is. So good on her. I was like, you go, girl. I mean, I assume their bathroom is tiled. So I was, like, I, I was like, why did you go check on Lily? The door, she's fine. Just finish the job. Uh, no, well, no. This is why you don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> you, Lily I is like I think that 17. if your child, I think she's fifteen, as we learned. Whatever. Oh yeah. And I think when your kid walks in on you servicing your dad, uh, servicing their dad. It kills the moment for you. It's not something. By the way, you saw Harry snapped out, too. He was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, okay, maybe I would go check on her. Yeah. But so she slams the door on poor Lily's face and goes out and informs her he might have penis cancer. And she was just checking. Now, what I missed throughout this whole story is Sex and the City clown music. You know that, like, clown music they play whenever they punctuate a joke? Yeah. I felt that this whole storyline could have really used it. And the cancer moment at the beginning and then also at the end when Lily says, but is he okay? We needed that, like, blonk, 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 like, whatever that clown music is. <laughs> yeah. Were always, that I was always it. playing, like, during, like, something goofy or whatever. What did you think of their, like, nice little dinner where we find out Lily has a fensta? I love this i like 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 i said the whole charlotte and do you think Harry... kids have finstas i thought finstas were only for celebrities do you think like a teenager would yes. just create another instagram yes that's nuts that's so much work i can also, barely run one the caption was the most concerning what was it i did not zoom in and risk so i missed the dick and the caption yeah the caption i believe to be was do we like it or how Love do we that. like it well, I th- also, this is strange, right? Because A, couldn't she just achieve what ultimately we learn at the end is, is that a few of her friends are following it? Couldn't she achieve that then by just doing it on stories and having close friends? Are you? You, of all people. <laughs> it, but isn't it, right? Because she just wants their opinion. That doesn't even seem like something I you think... should post to the grid for 13 people. No, I think it's one of those things where it's like she likes the writers boy don't Colin. know about Instagram. No, we find out Colin is like someone's younger brother. I thought Colin was like 12. Oh. I don't think that when you are 15, you're liking someone's younger brother. I think Colin is just there for, like, I I didn't get this into oh. Colin. When she said it was her someone's younger brother, I just don't think that's an age in which you're interested in punching down. Mm, okay. Right? Yeah, I but mean, I mean, but I was, I mean, my mind was going a bunch of different places because I was like, maybe her friend is a little older than her. So then the younger brother is closer to Lily's age. Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I thought the friends were like her classmates. And then our younger brother, like, walked into the room but once I and think, was like, I'm going to follow you. I think Charlotte is probably like reacting. I mean, I would probably react like that. If she was I wearing saw, workout clothes. <laughs> that was like so annoying. I was like, why do they keep talking about the workout clothes? Like, that. I don't give a fuck. It's like, it why are you a, posting that? And why is that look in your eye? Like, why are you asking? How do we like it? Because she wants her friend's opinions. Like, I think that no. when, you real, when you realize later that it's just her female, which we can assume is probably her female friends are given that they probably go to a very, we know they go to a very open school. She's probably got a few gay friends. That she's working within a safe space. And what I really appreciated the most about this story is seeing Aunt Carrie. Yeah, I liked that a lot. The relationship that they have, that Lily is interested in fashion and is helping Carrie archive her clothing, which we'll get to, but is insane. Yeah, I liked how like close they are. And you... that Carrie could step in and help Charlotte see something that she can't see, which is that all Lily is doing is 
trying on different personas. And that is what we all do as young people, is try to figure out who we are. And she's interested in it through the lens of clothing. But also, like, right, am I sexy? I don't really know. Like, she's not even in touch with her sexuality or sensuality yet. Yeah. So it's like, how do I figure this out? And what a safe way to do it, other than than with the approval of your friends, than, like, gross old dudes. I mean, I get it. I just Will think is like, a responsible young gal. I, I know, but her. I think that it's okay that Charlotte had a reaction. Like, oh, I mean, certainly, if you saw I think it's dog- okay. I I think that yeah, I don't think Charlotte is out of line to react that way. Right. I actually thought it was a really good example of what a nice relationship they have. Mm-hmm. That Charlotte understands. Okay, she's somewhere safe. Yeah, and frankly, we do need some time apart. Like, I'm not going to go over and grab her force her to come back yeah i am angry i could use some time and she could i thought charlotte was like oh what a great mom actually oh i thought so too and i you know then when they have the conversation in the bedroom about what was you know going on and lily just was like so does data like is it okay, basically? And then that made you realize, like, oh, that's why she didn't want to have this conversation because she was scared that, like, Charlotte was going to, like, break the news to her that her yeah. dad had dick and cancer. And it's nice. I think Charlotte gets the best of both worlds, right? Like, Lily is still naive enough to think that that's what was happening. Yeah. Which is insane because insane. she is 15 and I think 15-year-olds know about blowjobs. Mm, yeah. And also, I don't think penis cancer is a thing, but maybe it is. Can you I mean, have cancer she could be checking actual for pe- skin cancer. That's tr- but then say that. <laughs> I mean, or like she you can panicked, have testicular Chris. cancer. She was blowing you can have your testicular husband. Cancer, but I did not know you could have cancer of the actual shaft of the penis. I mean, and you're I the one with the penis. You should probably figure that out. I have not heard of that, and I watched one million episodes of Grey's Anatomy, and I think if it existed, I would have seen it by now. I've seen fish go up there. I mean... Lots we've, happening on We've Grey's. seen polls go through two people at once. Yeah, it's like, if, if I haven't seen it on Grey's, it's not a real yeah, pl- pl- plausibility. I, yeah, I feel but like... But I think she gets to have her naive daughter, and also Lily gets this storyline that's actually about trying on different personas, which I think is so true to teenage life. And I'm so happy we finally got something with Lily, because I've been wanting to see more I, of her. I, I was her. really happy about that. Like, I, like I've like i said a million times before, I'm glad this was the bright spot for me. I thought it was funny. I thought it was heartwarming. I thought it I'm was I'm not like, sure you've said that a million times. I thought you were going to land on something a bit different. Well, this episode. <laughs> I don't think you've said I think you've said it twice. Feels like a lot. <laughs> We've been talking for quite some time. I know. Should we get into Carrie? Yes. I love Carrie and Seema. I think they're so cute together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so nice to see Carrie have a friend who's as into fashion as she is, that's really thrilled to see the Milfew dress, which I I know we talked about cameos. I was as thrilled to see... I was more thrilled to see that dress mm-hmm. than Susan Sharon, and certainly more thrilled to see it than Bitsy. Oh, that Bitsy bitch. Yeah, I like Seema a lot. Like, as a character. I just, I just think they're so cute on the floor, eating. It is, I mean, we certainly probably did want to build a set for Seema's apartment, but there is a world, much like the other gals, where Seema would be like, I'm not coming to your shitty apartment. You come to my nice home. Yeah. And I'm Seema's not like, eating I can on the smoke floor. in my house. I do appreciate that Carrie's not smoking inside because she's trying to curb her smoking. So I think it's a nice nod to 
Carrie has changed. She's healthier, but she's still like the self-destructive ditzy bitch we know her to be. So she'll allow herself one cigarette. A day. Mm -hmm. Around the block in an insane outfit, which leads us to that crazy outfit that we saw on Instagram. You know, once we heard the explanation for it, it made a lot of sense. I don't know what we were thinking when we were like, she's just walking down the street. Well, I was thinking like, oh, COVID. I thought it was like a costume. Like, oh, it's Halloween time. I thought it was like COVID related because the gloves and stuff. So I really wasn't sure what was going on. And you know, she took herself to that bodega to buy those big ass gloves. Got called Caroline again. Yeah. You know who it reminded me of? Your girl Pumps. I love pumps. Which Guys, watch Sweet Home Oklahoma, a very short-lived and not very good Bravo TV show. It was so good. I think it got two seasons. <laughs> short-lived at best. <laughs> but we find out that Carrie has a new young neighbor who has a tendency to hang out on the stoop. And with not only a boyfriend, but also all of her friends. And before we get into it, this flashed me to two things. A- Samantha's most problematic storyline. Oh, yeah. Which I'm not looking forward to covering at the end of season two. Or is it the... No, I think it's the end of season three. Definitely. It's the last episode of season three. And, of course, it's when the trans women are outside of Samantha's apartment. And um, it is awful in its depictions. And it also reminded me of one of my favorite Sex and the City moments. This just this idea of young people being around and bothering the life of the girls we know who you could consider one used to be the young people is when Miranda and Steve are arguing outside of Carrie's engagement party. Yeah. She screams, you know, what does she scream at him? Like, Oh, you and you broke us. What you and I had, you broke it. And there are these girls who just walk past Miranda and go, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And it's just, I love the fact that, New York being the fifth woman, now the fourth or the eighth, who fucking knows, but that it can represent itself sometimes as these young people who have no concern for the real heartbreak or devastation of what's going on with our people. So I just always think of what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are asking that about this whole series. That's what I was asking this whole episode. What did you think of Lisette what and Pals? What a fucking waste. What a <laughs> fucking waste of my goddamn no. time. I will say, I don't think any 20-somethings are using the phrase, I think I've got it here, dude. <laughs> like, when he's a, oh, do you call everybody dude? No, like, okay, I'm, he, he's I'm a writer furious. who's never met a 20-year-old. I'm fucking furious, Chris. This story was such a fucking waste of my time. And of the disagree. time of the show. Of course you do. And the time of the show. Like, I want other shit to happen. I want Carrie to go on dates. I want Carrie to fucking... Not if Peter is what we... I don't give a fuck. Run into Aiden on the street. Blow Alexander Petrovsky. I don't know. Do something else other than yell out your window and have these shitty moments where she's such a fucking... Listen, Sarah Jessica Parker is a wonderful actress. We have often said on this podcast that she is... The best actress of our time. I believe only I've said that. I but most agree. of the times, most of the times I've said it, you've looked at me as if I was having a stroke and had forgotten every Her other actor. Acting slash the writing slash the directing in this episode was atrocious. I don't think you know enough when about she, directing to bother. I know with enough di- to know that this was really bad. This was and, not a poorly directed episode of television. You know, you can argue that the writing is off. I can see why people might say something's wrong with the writing, but it's not a poorly directed episode of TV. 
I don't live in New York City, but something tells me that a 20-something-year-old man would never look at a woman in a fight and say, don't be such an out-of-towner. That's the line I have. That's But that's writing. You can't blame the director I'm for ups- that. I'm upset about the right. I said the writing. I'm yes, furious. But, you, you, and this but was I would so just say you cannot blame stupid. the director. This was so stupid. This like this whole thing was just such a waste of my time. I was like, I don't give a fuck about her neighbor. I don't care that she's a jewelry designer. I don't care that she's loud. Like, I, I don't care. I don't. I think it's weird. Carrie walked into her apartment, turned the music down. I think it's weird. She brought her brownies. I, it was like it was trying to get me to care about someone that I just don't. I don't. I think you. I think about. you're missing the point. No, you could argue that the point isn't well made enough. Yes, but your it's point, not because when we got point to the isn't end, what w- the show isn't trying to get you to care about. I think the char- actress's name is Lisette. Not the actress. The character's name is Lisette. I think that what we are meant to take from this is that originally the story begins as a story of Carrie walking through her past she's spending time as she says earlier with her 20s 30s and 40s in terms of her clothing then she is quite literally being confronted with her past self in some ways lisette is carrie at the beginning of the show some could argue that perhaps now carrie has turned into that older woman who wouldn't move out of that apartment and by the way let's not forget carrie once came home hammered screaming jeremiah was a bullfrog bothering everybody like i think that she, it then shifts from being a story, I think, about Carrie and looking at herself to almost being some kind of meditation on Carrie and having a child that she's taking in kind of, that it would be good for her to have Lily around someone to take care of and be maternal to. And that is why I think she goes downstairs and is c- quite moved rather than angry when she sees Lisette sleeping with the music on, why she feels the need to make sure she stays around when she's arguing with the boyfriend and gives her that advice that it's just dating in your 20s. I think that the point is is that she's looking for some sort of something else to take care of in a way that she doesn't have. It was, and that's hor- she- it was horribly made at this point. Yes, you can argue that the point is not executed well, but I think what you're referring to, I don't think I the intention of this episode was dumb. ever to make you care about the character of Lisette, which is what you said earlier. Yeah, but That's I just, not the episode's I just want, intention. I just was like, this is not what I want to watch. Like, I just didn't want to watch. I just didn't like it. I thought it was really stupid. <laughs> because at the end, which is when fine, she says, but I think just you just like missed that, the point. And she's like, because the point was horribly made. Yeah, but you didn't even know the point. Exactly. No, you no, I shouldn't say that. The thing that you took from the episode is just drastically different than what I did. I don't think that this episode's intention was well, ever to get the you end, to care I, about Lisette. I truly I asked myself at the very end, I was I literally out loud was like, What? When she was like, and just like that, you learn to not put things in some things don't go in storage. What are you talking about? Like I do think that the ending, that that final moment is a bit too disconnected from what we've seen. Well, it was, it was I just really, really, but I really guess you hated could say it. That perhaps it's some sort of pushing her towards an acceptance of singledom, right? Like she sees this breakup and 
tells her that's dating in New York. And then she goes back to almost, oh, wait, isn't that her secret single behavior eating those crackers? From that episode when they talk about secret single behavior. She eats the saltines with jelly in the And I kitchen. think she's eating saltines at the end. I thought she was eating popcorn again. No, I think it's saltines. Or is, yeah, I thought. Or is it is it popcorn? I just... But she I, certainly wasn't standing up in thing. her kitchen. I, but I thought it was a beautiful image. Oh, gorgeous. I mean, the Which dress, is, obviously. by the way, that is directing. I... Creating visual images. So, yes. But I'm with you that I think the writing is off. It was horrible. Like, it but took me out of the, it. It kept taking me out of, like, yeah. what was really oh, happening. No. I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? We can always Don't accept be such that the an writing of, of these scripts are off. That Don't the be scripts such are out of off, town. but I think you that the director everybody in New York City. Like, what he was, and then he was like, don't be such an out I was like, I can't. Well, no, no 20-year-old would use the phrase out of town, or it doesn't make no, any sense. No, I don't even I mean, think anyone does. I think, well, I think a certain older person in New York City might. Like, that's what that, for, I mean, there's that movie, I think, with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. I just, what year did that not, come out? <laughs> um, I think around to probably 92. So I don't think that kid was rolling around. So I, I totally I just, agree with you. I think that the script is not look. And just like that is not a well-written show. I don't think any of us are arguing that. I do think more often than not, though, what has helped save the show is that it's pretty visually arresting. That's why I'll defend the directing. But no, as I wrote here, what 20-something uses the phrase out of towner? It's crazy. It's bonkers. Their whole conception of 20-year-olds is wild. I'm not even 100% sure 20-year-olds just sit around telling stories. They'd be on, like, TikTok. Yeah. And I don't even know if 20-year-olds are on TikTok. If 20-year-olds are on TikTok. So it is just wild. I mean, what'd you think of seeing the guy's dick? I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought I didn't He's think hot. they were going to. I thought I did not think they were going to go there. So when they did, I was like, OK, we're we're just leaving. Carrie saw it, but we're not. How dare this show? I want to see. It. And then I was like, oh, wait, I saw it. Yeah. You need to go back and see Harry's dick and get your eyes on that because it might be prosthetic. I don't know. Uh, I will. I'm, I've got pretty good prosthetic dick eyes. <laughs> I can cowl one out with the best of them. <laughs> prosthetic dick eye. Um, I did want to just say kind of a random thought that I have here. There is, and this is a wild like connection I made, but there's something to be said for, you know, Steve's idea of marriage and how it's okay being where they are. And the RBG quote, and I don't think it's attributed to her, but I think uh, this is just an old saying, um, for a good marriage to work, you should be a little deaf. Oh. And I just thought, oh, with Miranda being a lawyer and that quote attributing to RBG and that... Steve's like, well, I'm I can I can put up with you a bit now because I actually can't hear you. Right. So I'm kind of OK with like where we are and the status quo I thought of. And then at one point, Seema says, has the line reading. Do you want to see something? Carrie asks her if she wants to see something. And Seema says always, which is very similar to one of my favorite line readings on Friends where Phoebe says the word always in a perfect way. And those are my thoughts on the episode. <sighs> What'd you think of the clothing, the fashion? I just loved seeing the Milfew dress again. Yeah, I loved the fashion this episode. I think it was really... Well, Miranda was a little... Well, there was that weird <laughs> that weird outfit with Miranda, but I really think Carrie has never looked better. She That's looks not great. true. She looks great. I will say I like her in sex. Season three, Carrie, when she's dating the politician, is peak Carrie to me. Love. She looks better to me than when she... But what, I love her well, hair. Well, no. 
And I, I loved love her, her in, sexy... the, in the second movie and all those Halston clothes and those flowy dresses. I think she looks great. I really the... liked that shirt she was wearing. It was like just a T-shirt with like that really fitted like blue green skirt in her apartment. I I liked it. I thought it looked cute on her. I can't remember anything Sharshar was wearing, but I'm sure she looked adorable. She was wearing a beautiful Chanel pink sweater. Oh, yes, I do remember that. I mean, she's the best. Yeah, she's all, she always hits a home run. Oh, wait. You know who else we have to talk about quickly? Who? What is her little um, podcast buddy's name? I don't even know his name. I don't. Jackie. I don't care for Jackie. I think he's weird. I loved Jackie in this context <laughs> of her like calling him at 2.30. It was making me laugh. because okay, His she girlfriend the Storm phone, is a fashion like, designer. And she's like, you better not have a gun, Jackie. <laughs> and <laughs> he's, he's like, like, it's a bit. I'll bring the gun over tomorrow. I was like, Joe Jackie. I really liked him in this context of like Carrie's because I was like, well, who's Carrie going to call? Well, we know she's done late night calls with Miranda. It just one thing I will say is I like that in just like that, by its nature of adding, you know, Dr. Nye Wallace and LTW and Che, it the world feels bigger in the way that it did in the episodes we've watched from season one and two. And we've talked previously about how the longer the original show goes on, the more insulated their world becomes and they're only talking to each other. Yeah. And it's just nice that it's a bit bigger and that she just has a different person to call at 2.30 in the morning to complain about something that, frankly, she just needs to move on from. Yeah. Like, you can't control New York City noise. And she should really know that by now. Yeah. Would you think of the men? I mean, I think we got to give it to you know who. I didn't get a name on him, but the awful boyfriend. The The out of towner boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He was so hot. Yeah. He was quite hot. Yeah. Even before we saw his dick, I was very happy with him. I was too. I was like, you go, Lissette. And when she she kicked him out, I was kind of like, sweetie, can't we put up with some things? (laughs) I was like, this guy's hot enough to be like, okay, he's not a keeper, but we're going to still fuck. Yeah. Like, we'll keep him around. All right. So I couldn't help but wonder, what do you think is going to happen next? We've got two more episodes. And typically the way HBO has worked is, is that actually the ninth episode, the whatever the penultimate episode, I shouldn't say ninth, is of the season is actually where the big stuff happens to ensure that the finale gets a lot of ratings. And also they typically like the finale to set to be more of a setup mm-hmm. for next season and get the action out. So we could be looking at a fairly big episode next week. What do you need to see as we bow out of and just like that and finally go back to recording at a decent time? (laughs) I uh, obviously we're going to get Peter. I know you're dreading, but we're going to get something with Peter. Maybe Carrie fucks him. Maybe. I hope we get maybe like a rock storyline, maybe an LTW, like maybe a Dr. Nye Wallace. Well, we did see did you in the promo Dr. Nye Wallace is hanging out with all the gals, which I loved. She's so beautiful. The next episode is called No Strings Attached. So. Oh, I'm thinking Che probably like is going out with other people. And Miranda's like, wait, what? But do you think, do you think there's a world in which Carrie's like, yeah, Peter, we can fuck. But like, I'm still going on dates. I don't think so. We can't actually even get into it because I really, I don't, I don't want to. And uh, I can't end on Peter. Okay. Yeah. we. I think that's where we ended last week where the episode was just like, womp, womp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I bet Che probably like is still seeing other people, but loves Miranda. And Miranda's like, wait, I'm sorry. Like I ended my marriage for what? <laughs> like for you to fuck other people? Like that's no strings attached is what I'm assuming that means. Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. I think that was theirs. No, that was Ashton Kutcher and uh, what's her name? Natalie Portman. Portman. 
I cannot believe we let that happen. I know. I think about it a lot, actually. Just studio-wise. It's like, is no one talking to each other? No. <laughs> that was a crazy What year. would you give this one out of 10? A four. I would give it a seven. I really liked it. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It needed, the writing needed to be punched up a lot. But I thought as an idea, each of the storylines, I thought really liked. And I genuinely thought that the final shot was beautiful. I need it to be sent to me as an image, her on the, her in the window in that dress. Much better than last time we saw that dress when she was pretending to be asleep from Alexander Petrotsky, when she should have woken up and fucked him, frankly. Oh, wow. We're, we're not ending on Peter. We're ending on Alexander Petrovsky. My man. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss episode nine of In Just Like That, No Strings Attached. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from the dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. You can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Zoloft on Twitter. I don't know. Will your shop still be open? You can get very cute little things from Sam's shop that say, take your Zoloft. I bought a crew neck. Thank you. I'm excited for everyone to get them. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's like one more day. But when it reopens, yeah. maybe if you you guys guys write to Sam and you want something on it that says like, Miranda. Oh my God. (laughs) She'll make you a Miranda shirt with him eating some baked brie or something. Bye. Bye. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.